All right, welcome, welcome in to the 79th episode of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. We have three quarters of the crew, or two thirds, depending on how you look at it. Super producer uh, Max and myself, Jace, will not be here today, but that doesn't mean we don't have a good show for you. We have reports from around the realm making another comeback in a fan favorite segment. We take somebody that we know look at their dynasty team and give them some direction this week. We have a really tricky one. So if you're kind of caught in the middle, if you're caught in the middle in your league, or if you know somebody who's caught in the middle in their league, this is a very beneficial episode to listen to for teams that have no particular direction. They're a little bit young. They're a little bit old. That's the kind of uh, direction that this particular team is going in. And we're going to break it down, provide some potential moves for a team in our team breakdown segment. Before we get in the episode, wanted to thank our presenting sponsor, Underdog Fantasy. Use code MONARCHY, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y, for $100 deposit match and bonus cash. MONARCHY, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y. Let's go. Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your dynasty league for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts... Max, Peter, and Jace. Here we go. Episode number 79 of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Whoever you may be, however you may be listening, Apple Podcast, Spotify, welcome, welcome in. We have two-thirds of the crew here today, uh, two-thirds of the casting crew. I don't count myself in that. Super producer Nick C and Max are in Cleveland right now. Jace is... Holding it down the desert, but not currently with us today. He'll be back for next week's show. Uh, but gentlemen, how are we doing? You know, Pete, I'm good to hear your voice. It's good to see you on the camera. Uh, you know, we miss JB, but I think we got a killer up, so I'm excited for it. Super producer. Yeah, man, locked in as always. Just happy to, to be here for another episode. Combine will have already happened. But yeah, man, it's... It's ramp up time, man. Draft it's time almost here. Get all the the rookie mocks going. I, I'm really excited. Pro tip: anybody out there that uh, is new to dynasty, there's this guy named Bijan Robinson. He's so bad. He is probably one of the worst running backs I've ever seen in my life. Just you just let him. You know, everybody likes him for some reason. Just let him skip past you, and uh, you know, let let him become somebody else's problem. Just a little pro tip for you guys during uh, the combine week. All right. Wanted to thank everyone for making it into the episode. I have a I have a funny little uh, talking point about the combine. One of my favorite sports talk radio hosts is Rich Eisen. He's a huge New York Jets fan, just like myself. But I like Rich because he runs the forty yard dash every year uh, for St Jude Children's Hospital, and he looks like an absolute clown running it in a suit and tie, attempting to break a six, which he did in twenty twenty. I think you're in a five nine eight. What I'm going to ask you guys, what combine event do you think you wouldn't, would not embarrass yourself in? Considering the bench is 225, I can't even do one rep of that. Um, that's my goal, to do one rep of that. I would probably say the shuttle run or the three-cone drill or whatever that is. I think that that's probably – I don't That lacrosse say, athleticism and max. The easiest, but um, – Hey, look, know. DK couldn't do it. No, I'm saying if you can do it, you won't embarrass yourself. DK embarrasses himself doing it. Oh, DK never embarrasses himself. Though. That's the thing. Like that's probably my biggest regret this offseason, just trading DK. Um, 
I know that when the time comes, I'll overpay and get him back, but sad he's not on my team right now. Actually, Super Nick producer. C has him. Nick C, I didn't. Hmm. Max, you shouldn't have said that. Now he's going to dangle him over you like a like a carrot. Uh, Super producer, what event would you do to not embarrass yourself? Yeah, dude, I was in between two. I just came up with one while we were thinking about it, but in between broad jump and the gauntlet one where they, the receiver just runs through the middle and they have quarterbacks lined up on either side kind of thing. And they're just like throwing them 10 different balls from 10 yeah, different directions. Yeah. I feel like that one could be not easy to do. but Big risk, big reward. Yeah, dude, I'm probably going first round if I catch all of them, but <laughs> I, w- I would say broad jump. I did a little bit of long jump in high school track, so I feel like I got a little bit of semblance of uh, something that I could do with that. Super producer, you're, you kind of prototype as one of like the slot receivers. For all those out there that don't know, super producer is like six foot and a half, rounded up. He's six, uh, he's six two list in the NFL. He's a 6'2 list. You know, if he catches all those balls, man, he might be getting like a second round grade, Alec Pierce style. It's a good comp right there for Nixie. I'm not going to lie. It's a good Go play. Bearcats. Um, for myself, I'm going to take the easy way out. I do think of myself as athletic. And now uh, that I'm 24, 25 years old, semi athletic, uh, I'll downgrade myself a little bit. But what I will say is my brain. As sharp as ever. Give me the Wonderlick. I'm going to take the Wonderlick test. I'm going to see how well I do. I won't get a perfect score like Fitzpatrick did out of Harvard, but I know there's some quarterbacks out there that have almost gotten like no questions right. I Lamar. think I can do a little bit better than that. Hey, you'll do better than Lamar there. I'll do better than DK on the <laughs> drill. I don't know who did really good. Super on- producers getting drafted. Look, yeah, you know, all, get like, us to Indy, man. Get us to Indy. All right. We have a great show for everyone. Wanted to thank you all for tuning in. Uh, we're going to get into it. But before we do, wanted to thank our presenting sponsor, Underdog Fantasy. Now is the time for all of the fantasy football heroes, the fantasy football lifers to come out and start your underdog best ball drafts at this point in the season the values that you're getting on players are probably the best that you're ever going to get all we're going to hear is good news out of camp so with these best ball drafts that at this current moment you're probably going to get the best value on your players a lot of people out there don't know what best ball is let me tell you it is stress-free fantasy football there is no league aspect management of your team once it is drafted it is automatically place to have the best possible starting lineup for yourself. So your draft is key. There's no trades. There's no cutting. There's no anything besides your draft. So that's why it is so key in getting good value on players. Use our code monarchy, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y, for $100 in bonus cash. Monarchy, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y, super producer, your boy, B. John Robinson. Have you seen where he's gone early in underdog drafts this offseason? I know. But I want you to guess. Really? First round grade, 1 to 12. Oh, dude, that's a tough one. I would say, dude, I probably put him at like 108. 108? I wish. He is go- currently the third player off the board in redraft best ball leagues. He's sitting at 103. Maybe his value is a little overpriced at this current moment. So 
Again, there's great value for other players, non-hyped players that you can build your best ball team around. Use our code MONARCHY, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y. Get a free deposit match up to $100 in bonus cash, and it helps support the podcast. Wanted to thank everyone for listening. Let's get in the show. All right, we have some reports. First and foremost, Leonard Fournette, playoff Lenny as they call him, has been cut or is going to be cut from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This free agent running back class is just growing and growing and growing and growing. At the top of the list, we have guys like Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, David Montgomery, Leonard Fournette. On top of that, the great rookie class that's coming in, Max, I wanted to hear a talking point from you in particular. What do you think if I'm a Leonard Fournette holder, let's say I was going for it all and I didn't sell this offseason, right? What do you think you would do if you're still trying to go for it all? Are you willing to hold Leonard Fournette in the fact that maybe at 28 he becomes a starter? Or are you more likely to sell him given the fact that you think he's not going to be a starter? That he'll be like that two or three back in an offense? No, I mean – I own Leonard Fournette. I try to ship him so hard over this like eight, nine week period, whatever it was. Um, I'm really glad I didn't. I think him getting cuts the best thing for his career. I think in Tampa, it just would have been a stagnant, no Tom Brady offensive line going downhill, like Rashad White there. I think that a team that will miss out on a running back, whether it's in the draft or free agency, um, whether they miss out on Tony Pollard, David Montgomery, whoever it might be, Kareem Hunt, um, there's going to be a couple teams out there. I think Leonard Fournette will sign with one of those teams and be a viable player. The team that really just gets me, and I think he could go to, is just the Patriots. I know they have Ramondre Stevenson there, but I don't know. I feel he could have like a LeGarrette Blunt type year. I could see like the Bills. That's just like a bruiser or the Falcons. I don't know. There's a lot of teams. I'm willing to just hold Leonard Fournette. I think if you sell him, you could maybe get a late on second. Um I think I'd rather hold and just try to get better value later on. Super producer. He'll probably go to a good spot. He's going to be ring chasing. And I don't know. I mean, you probably banked on him as a mid-tier RB1 for your squad. So that kind of hurts losing maybe that production. But you can supplant that a little bit, maybe get another RB2 kind of guy. And then, I don't know, maybe you can just make up for that production as a whole uh, this next season. He's not going to go somewhere and just like, he's not going to go to some dog team and just sit on the bench. And you don't think he'll, he can like put up a Chase Edmonds type season where it's like the year before he was relevant. And then now he's just going to go, you know, like quote unquote to Miami and just go there to die. No, I think Leonard Fournette has proven that he's a lot better than Chase Edmonds in his career. Sorry. <laughs> I just wanted to jump in just going off of the Fournette thing, but. I feel like this is the biggest news for Rashad White because especially for Dynasty, like I feel like he's the biggest sell right now out of anybody. Like you might even hundred percent. I don't know. I in a one QB league, may I maybe you could get an early second for him or maybe a late first if someone's really bought into the hype. But like there's no way the Buccaneers just roll into the season with Rashad White. I mean Maybe they're really trying to get Caleb Williams and they're just like, okay, we're just not going to invest at all into this. But I don't know. To me, White was good in some spurts, but at the end of the day, like 
I, I don't think he really showed the true juice that he might be getting like 200 plus touches in that offense. But Rashad White seems like a nice guy. I, I just can't – like, I, I watch him and I don't see an efficient running back. I don't see a running back that I would be happy to trot out there. Maybe he can volume his way to a fantasy relevant season, but you can't volume your way to, like, five you know, straight, four straight fantasy relevant seasons. And that's kind of what he's going at. He's going – his price right now is, like, a running back who's going to be relevant for, like, multiple years, not a running back that has a chance to be good for one year. Yeah, I think that – I think he's worth more than an early second. I really do, though. I get the logic and everything behind it. But last year in the drafts, like, he was going at, like, 201, 202. It's like, now he's the running back one on his team. There's no Leonard Fournette. I get you don't have Tom Brady. But that's, like, how is it saying his value just stayed the same? Running backs are like cars, man. They depreciate the second you pick them. Yeah, Max, I get what you're saying. That's why I kind of said late first, because he was going definitely early second. But I just started to think about it. It's like someone who has a late first, there's no way that they're not looking at rookie mock drafts. Like you're telling me that you would rather have Rashad White than like Zach Charbonnet, Tucker. No. This is the Cam Akers Even I mean, like there's no shot that, like you said, Max, maybe maybe there's guys that think that, okay, he's worth way more than an early second, like, then I'm selling them right to you. Like, give me the late. Oh, yeah. If anybody, if anybody even sniffs 112 at you, I think you sell. You'd sell them for 112. Wow. Oh, yeah, man. Like, I get it. Running back's hard to come by, but he's not going to be like, look, I think his ceiling next year is like top 24. I mean, I, I don't but, think he is like top 16 upside where you're, he's really like carrying your team. Like, top 16 is where that money is made for running backs. Like, and you got a good running back this year. I don't think he's got top 16 in him. All right. So like, how about guys? Like, I mean, would you rather have Zach Evans, Tank Bigsby, A-Chain, Kendra Miller, the guy from TCU? I mean, I feel like there's a lot of. I'd rather have Charbonnet. I'd rather have Zach Evans. I'd rather have Zach Evans than Rashad White. Every single one of them, bro. Yeah. Really, all those guys rather than Rashad White. Running backs, unless you are a Ferrari, unless you're a Corvette, unless you're like these big name, hold your value cars, like unless you're Jonathan Taylor, Brees Hall, you know, within the next couple of weeks, B. John Robinson, like unless you're an elite, elite, elite tier value guy, you're just not going to have a return on investment. Like look at, Jamal Williams this past season. The guy finishes a running back, a top 12 running back, right? Yeah. Obviously, he he backed into a lot of touchdowns, but that offense isn't going to change. He's still going to have the same role next year. So why isn't he commanding prices like that? Obviously, he's a little older, but why isn't he commanding prices like that? Because it doesn't matter who you are. It's more about what your name is for fantasy. So I would rather have a rookie who is comparable and a year younger than a guy who is the same right now. I'd rather have Zach Evans on a, you know, 60-40 split than Rashad White on an 80-20 split. I've seen Rashad White Rashad White play. And he, look, that O-line was a little banged up this year, but that offensive line is better than half the league was this season. And he did not impress me. I'm looking at it now, though, man, like these mocks, and it's like, you could get so I, I don't know. I might be more on your guys' side where it's like I'd rather have the late first or 
201, 202, because it's like you could get some really solid guys down here. I'm not even big and tapped into the rookies, but there's a lot of names even I know down here, whether it's Josh Downs or Tank Bigsby, Zach Evans. I mean, yes, a lot could change with landing spots and draft cap and draft, but I don't know. I guess I'd rather have the back up to Derrick Henry and that'd be insane. Like if I could get Zach Evans in this 201 and he backs up Derrick Henry for a year and then he's the guy. All right. Let's cut a halt to this conversation. We can talk about this more next week in this rookie running back class compared to the free agent class, which one we like more after the combine, after we get some numbers in. So let's keep moving forward. Wanted to talk about Marcus Mariota getting cut. I think even in Superflex leagues, this is the end of the road for him. You know, maybe just a bench spot just in case he gets a starting job or you need a, a flex start that you can uh, trade him for. But if you have the roster space, hold on to him and super flex. If you if you have him in a single quarterback league, I have no idea what you're doing. He's just a straight drop. Only thing for me that's interesting is Desmond Ritter. And I feel like you just got to hope if you have him like I have him in a couple leagues, but just got to hope that they like he can survive the Derek Carr lottery and he doesn't go to Atlanta. If not, then you can actually see what a full season of Desmond Ritter looks like. It might not be the best thing in the world, but at the end of the day, I, he, he has the rushing upside, so I feel like that's the only talking point here. I feel like they draft someone, though, don't you? I don't know. Maybe they try and reach on somebody or try and trade up, but I, I really don't see it. I mean, like, at the end of the day, too, Caleb Williams is coming in next year. This Atlanta team. And Drake May. And May. There's some good quarterbacks in the next year's draft. They don't Generational have... quarterbacks in next year's right. draft. I'd say right. even better than good. Exactly. Like, you don't have to force the issue if you're Atlanta just because, okay, you feel like you need to get a quarterback. And, okay, if you look at the guys in this year's draft, I mean, they're not as amazing as – as probably even next year's draft, because I mean, Stroud has his issues. Young is small. Anthony Richardson is undeveloped. Can't throw. Can't no, throw. Don't say underdeveloped. Underdeveloped's too nice. He cannot throw a football. Sure. And then uh, Will Levis as well, probably the same thing. So it's like, I don't know. You're going to sell the house for one of those guys. I really don't think they are going to. So I feel like Ritter does have a path to start this next season. At least if Arthur Blank doesn't have expectations for this year, which he shouldn't. He doesn't have a competing roster. He should just see what he's got and then go all in for a quarterback next year. I just think the NFC South is dog water. I think that if he went and got a quarterback this year with you go get a quarterback and you go get a decent running back, I mean, you go get Leonard Fournette and you go get Derek Carr, you could win the NFC South handedly. You really could. My grandmother could win the NFC South Probably for any team at quarterback. Yeah, it's it's a terrible division. So, like, yeah, he doesn't have, like, the team to win it all. Is it enough just to make the playoffs? Are these owner, Do these owners just want to make the playoffs, or do they want to win the Super Bowl? They want to win the Super Bowl, but when you look at it, the NFC is, is weak, man. You got it's to, very weak. You got – I mean, you look at it this year. You had the Eagles and you had the Niners. Everyone knew the Vikings weren't it. The Giants, no – it's gonna be the same thing next year too. Cowboys, it's the same thing every single year. When you look at the AFC, you got Lamar, Herbert, Mahomes, um, Josh Allen. That's Joe Burrow. That's five quarterbacks right there within the AFC, and it's like they don't have that in the NFC. So, I think anyone you can get in the NFC, I'd go for it. 
All right, let's keep moving forward. Jacksonville, this is a, a news topic I didn't even see until it was in the show doc. Uh, Jacksonville's franchise tagged Evan Engram. So now he's going to be paid an average of the top three tight ends, uh, their salaries. He's going to be paid that next season. He had a great year for Jacksonville. I Listen, I can admit, I made fun of Evan Ingram when he was on the Giants. Uh, Butterfingers, literally every single name you could ever call him. Maybe having a transformational quarterback is the key to success. Who would have thought? What is your concept if you're going for it this year on Evan Ingram? Let's say you've missed out on like the big, I'll say four tight ends. Andrews, Kelsey, Kittle. And then you fill in your fourth guy, fill in your fourth guy, Hawkinson or Pitts or whoever. I think Evan Ingram's good, man. I mean, he's one of those guys, like where you, like you said, if you missed out on one of those guys, you can go get Evan Ingram. You can go get Dallas Goddard. You can go get Dalton Schultz. There's just these guys that are like, honestly, I like Noah Fant. I think he's young and on an ascending team there in like Seattle. Um, I get he didn't have the best season, but he's still only 24. Um, Irv Smith's another guy, dude. He's like 24 as well. He's just always hurt. He is. But there's these guys that it's just like you could get for literally nothing. Evan Ingram's not worth nothing anymore. But I like those guys. If you're not willing to pay up for a top tight end and you want to bolster up the wide receivers, the running backs of your team, go out and get Evan Ingram. I mean, he's with Trevor Lawrence. He'll be there again. They obviously utilize him in the offense. He trusts him. They have the rapport. Super producer, any comments? I feel like if I don't have one of those guys, like you said, I'll pay the price. Like if I have a mid-second in this year's draft in a one QB league or something, I'll definitely send it over for Ingram. Any possible outlook for him for next season? Do you think he can repeat? So that would be – what did he finish as? The tight end? Finish he finishes – he finished really high. I, I don't have he it. Finishes the tight end five. Is there an outcome where he finishes above the tight end five next year? I really do think so. Just with Trevor Lawrence and the usage that he has in that offense. I get Ridley's coming back, but yeah. Okay, let's keep moving forward. We just have some coach speak items, little two-second blurbs here. Keelan Allen is quote-unquote not going anywhere. Super producer, I know you're very big on Keenan Allen. Any comment? Yeah, I feel like that's the best-case scenario for Keenan Allen, I mean, especially an aging receiver. To hear the GM, and listen, I would love to go back and see what the coach speak items were from the combine before this previous season just to see what some of the – talking points were but at the end of the day if you have Keenan Allen in Dynasty you're probably a contender and you love to hear that okay the GM thinks that he's a pillar for the franchise him and Mike Williams have similar contract lengths and it'll be interesting to see how it plays out but it seems like they're committed to these guys and I don't know for me Keenan Allen's He's borderline top 12, almost a lock if he stays healthy this whole season because he showed it down the stretch once he came back that he's an elite route runner and he's probably Herbert's favorite target in that offense. Bro, if you could tell me that Keenan Allen would stay healthy this entire season, I would put him 100% top 12. That man is a machine route runner. Herbert loves him. They just got Kellen Moore. Like, it is a high-powered flying offense and – if you could guarantee me that guy would be healthy, holy cow. He's insane, and his value is insane, too. Everyone's like, oh, he's 31. He's on this aging offense. Like, he gets hurt all the time. You could go get him for a, a mid-second this year and a second and 25, I guarantee it. I really do. He's that cheap, and if you're making a run and you need somebody, 
boom, insert Keenan Allen. He's like the perfect piece. Like you could go get him and DeAndre. He's a great, especially especially if he's like your flex. Yeah, bro, you can go get him and D-Hop for a couple seconds combined if someone has them both and be more than okay moving into next season. And you know what? You lost two seconds, but you got a championship, and flags fly forever. Flags do fly forever. Duke Tobin, the GM of the Bengals, says Joe Mixon's future with the franchise is up in the air. He has no idea if he's going to be on the roster next season. Most likely going to get cut, given a comment like that. What is your outlook for not only Joe Mixon, but this locker room, this Bengals locker room and running back room for next season? Yeah, man, I don't think Samaj is the guy. I don't think if they cut Joe Mixon. He's not even on contract. Yeah, so I think that free agent, man. Go get a vet then. Go get a Leonard Fournette. Go get a David Montgomery. Go get, I mean, David Montgomery might be a little more. But go get somebody that is more than capable. Like Leonard Fournette on that offense would be. Or draft. Or draft somebody, sure. So running back's not Cincinnati's big problem. If they want to pay someone, pay T. Higgins. I feel like they're going to draft someone for sure. Any of these rookies like Jameer Gibbs, Jameer Gibbs on Cincinnati, I mean, that's locked in money. They're not going to get Bijan because I really do think once he tests, he's going to be a top 15 pick. He's a good shoot-up draft boards. I've seen plenty of NFL mocks where he's going to the Cowboys late in the first or the Bengals or one of these teams. Even if it's like, okay, Zach Evans or – I don't know, Charbonnet or one of these other like guys who we think are maybe in the second tier of running backs. These guys are going to be right next to Bijan if they go to the Bengals. So I feel like that's the big point here. Honestly, we talk about it now and it's just, I mean, Jeff, the draft's going to be, cl- it's close. It's next month. It's April, right? But we talked about the last that. week in April. It's basically May. Peter, you're killing the bud. But if guys like Zach Evans, Sean Tucker, Miller from TCU, if these guys go there, they're going to shoot up dynasty drafts. They're going to go, I mean, ahead of guys like Jordan Addison if he doesn't get a good spot, Quentin Johnson, whoever it might be. And then those guys are going to fall. So then pick seven, eight, nine looks so much more valuable. And even like 10, 11, 12, 201, 202, 20, like these guys are going to fall. You're going to get good talent in seven, eight. It's going to be good. All right. That was enough for reports around the realm we're going to be breaking down our good friend driscoll drizzy driz matt driscoll his team from our most important league the mike rabel league we're going to break down your dynasty team and give you some moves to make yep i'm looking forward to this these are always some of my favorite things to do um i guess i'll kind of kick us off here read through his team um, and then we can kind of talk on it. Peter, you can start. Nick C, whatever. We can just go around in a circle. Um, Max, would you like to give the league details first? So we got a 12-team league, half-point PPR. Um, league's been going for three years. Driscoll has zero championships, so he's looking Ooh. to turn that around. At quarterback, he has Trey Lance, Kirk Cousins, and Geno Smith. Running back, he's got Alvin Kamara, James Conner, Miles Sanders, and... James Robinson. Wide receiver, he's got George Pickens, Jalen Waddle, DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas, Hunter Renfro. He's got Slayton and DuVernay as well. And then tight end, he has Pratt Fryermuth, which is I mean, a really solid tight end to have. He does not have a backup tight end. And then draft picks, he's looking at 
102 this year, which is, I mean, you can't go wrong with that. Two mid-seconds this year, I should say, a third, and then some 25 picks. But I, I think he's got a team here. It is a team, and I think it is very misdirected. It's got pieces pulling him in 30 different directions. Max, I think we can get a little bit of direction for Driscoll. 100%, man. I mean, when you got guys like Alvin Kamara, James Conner, and DeAndre Hopkins, it's like, all right, this guy's winning now. Like, he's going for it. But then he has not much depth. He has Jalen Waddle, George Pickens, Trey Lance, um, a lot of younger guys. And I get he's going for that hybrid look. But, I mean, if I guess we'll just start off at the running back position. For me personally, I just – I'm not a Kamara fan. I'm not a James Conner fan at all. What can you get for those guys? The question and what should he do? It's it's less about what you can get, Max. And I think this is an important question for all Camaro owners is how do you get anything? Well, you can get something. Honestly, though, if like if I'm Driscoll, I'm looking just to move off these guys and to get younger at running back. I don't have to get super young and go get a Javonta Williams or anything like that. I don't know. It's not really going the direction that you guys were talking about, but at the same time, I was looking around the league like, okay, maybe he could get his 24 first back and like just try to full rebuild. But the guy who has his pick is in a full rebuild himself. So there's really no point in doing that because you, you're not going to be able to get it done unless you move a piece like Jalen Waddle, which you're probably not going to do in the first. For me, if I had this squad – there is some people that would buy Kamara. I was on that train for a second, but just because of the value that he he is at, like you could probably sell him for a mid second. And I feel like we're here to help him out. And it's like, when you look at just, we can stop talking about running back. Maybe I shouldn't have got on that train. I'm going to get off that train and go on Nick C's train that he just brought up there. And when he brings up, he's this middling pack team. I a hundred percent agree with you. And when you look at the division, we have th- four divisions in our league. You have to win your division to get in the playoffs. There's two wild card teams. I don't think he's a wild card team. I think that there's a couple of divisions that are just he's just not even the best in his division. I think he has the worst team in his division, to be completely frank with you guys. It's Peter, Jason, and Driscoll. Driscoll, I love you, but you just don't have the depth that Jace has. You don't have the star power that Peter has. You're just in that middling pack. So it's like if I look at this. I'm trying to get some seconds for Kamara. I'm trying to get a second for James Conner. Hopkins, same thing. Like, I get they're not first-round picks, and I get you don't have your own first-round pick in 2024, but you have 102. You have Jalen Waddle. Those are two just key pieces you could easily build around, man. I think something that that's extremely important that we kind of brushed over, especially for a, a team that is kind of caught in the middle, is a first-round pick, right? In this upcoming year, he has the 102. And the 102, while it's not a slam dunk home run like Bijan is at 101, which is you know what he's probably going to be in every single league, that is going to be a foundational, fundamental, team-changing pick for Driscoll. If he wants to execute the pick, he can trade the pick for, you know, a King's ransom closer to the draft when everybody's going nuts over the picks. Right. And then he could potentially get some guys there. But if he wants to make that pick, he and for everyone out there, you have to be 100 percent ineffably certain. 
that this is the correct guy and this guy's dynasty value is not only going to increase it is probably going to double within the course of the year yeah and i don't know man it's it's tough though because like i sit here and i think it's like why tell driscoll to rebuild when he doesn't have his own first next year you know so you might as well just keep these guys that's like that's the tough part for me it's because like all right i rebuild and then i get what nothing like what do you get out of it yeah i mean you probably get a couple seconds and like you said i mean they're they're valuable to some people and like you can hit but the hit rate's just so not there and like you could say okay maybe trade waddle but you're probably not going to do that he's got pickens as well with the vet here x the you could almost at 102 and that you know it's so tough because the draft hasn't happened yet but if you get a guy like gibbs and then you have gibbs sanders kamara and then Pickens, Waddle, and Fryermuth, and then you hope Lance goes to his potential, you could maybe make some noise. But at the end of the day, too, what makes it so tough, I feel like in this certain situation, it is the divisions that you brought up. The two teams that are in his division are probably one of the two better teams in the top four of the league. So, it you know, are you going to push past – that other wild card team for three divisions, which is a tough, tough ask for sure. I, I wanted to ask a question here. It's like we talk about Driscoll's team and how it's kind of like in the middle of what it wants to be. And obviously you you kind of need to pick a side in a dynasty league to a degree. I have no problem kind of sitting at fence sitting for a little bit with your team, but by the end of the year, you should probably know. For me personally, is Waddle worth your first round pick next year to control your own fate. I don't think so personally, but I think that there's a deal to be made where he would give the rebuilder Waddle, who's a very young, very dynamic athlete who I think the rebuilder would like, and he gets the first back, his first back plus. Would you do something like that if you were Driscoll? It'd have to be a big plus, man. I mean, Waddle is a fundamental piece. I mean, he's one of those guys. Are you trading Waddle for two first? Is one of them my own for next year? I control my own destiny. It's probably going to be top three. Sure. It would be interesting if I look at Driscoll's team that way. I think it's interesting. I think you keep Waddle. I think instead of trading Waddle, I think you trade the pick. I think after the draft, whatever it might be, you wait till it you gets... You mean 102. 102. I think you trade 102. I really do. I think you can get a haul, a king's ransom. I think you could, you're looking at at least two firsts for it plus... AJ yeah. Brown or 102. Give me 102, man. That's absurd. It's not though. Like you could get a like if Gibbs goes to Cincinnati, like would rather have 102. If Jackson Smith and Jigba goes to Buffalo or wherever he's gonna go, like you you get a, the guy, man, and you get AJ Brown turning 26 this year. You get four or five years younger. I'll take 102. Okay, so we looked at. His draft capital. We've looked at his running backs a little bit. Let's touch on his wide receivers and then his tight end. So his receiving group here, we'll do a final note on his bench and then move on. So let's take a look at the wide receiver group for his team. Max, you want to call it out again? Yeah, you have Waddle, which is just an A plus. Like we we can rank him A plus. George Pickens, I know Driscoll's super high on him. He's a Pittsburgh boy. Um, Pickens had a great year. I'm not a big Kenny Pickett fan, but he has George Pickens. We'll just keep moving on. 
Um, he's got DeAndre Hopkins, who free agent could go somewhere nice. Um, and then just of like really noteworthy guys, he has Michael Thomas. Um, who dude, 1K Mike, man. He's 30 Never forget. Years old. He's somehow 30 years old. It's um time flies when you don't play football. It's a tough room, man. I mean, I think you wait for Hop to go somewhere and you can get a good value for him, but Hopkins is at the point in his career where he's probably going to go somewhere. He will probably go somewhere, and when I mean that, he will probably go somewhere that will compete. I don't think he wants to sit on bad teams for the rest of his career. He's like He'll be like Lenny. He really will. It's tough, though. I look at this team from top to bottom, and I don't know what I would do. I, I really don't. I mean, you can't. You can't rebuild. You don't have your own pick. You got a bunch of old guys that are going to be worthless in a couple of years. I really think the move would just be to trade one or two. And compete this year? Or is it to get younger? Assets. As many. I think the pick's worth two first and maybe a second, honestly. Even that might be a lot. In other dynasty leagues that aren't ours, I think that picks are really weird in our league. Um, when another we dynasty- throw picks around like they're like, like pieces of rice. Yeah, bro. No, we, we do. And it's like another dynasty league three first for Jefferson would be more like a, almost an overpay. It really would. So we went in our league, the people are just irrational about it. So I don't know. I would trade the pick. I really would. And I would try to just get as much draft capital as I could. I mean, what do you, what do you guys think it's worth? That, yeah, maybe two first, but I think the, the big point here is, that you you gotta have patience. If I had this team, you can't not make trades right now. Trades right now will just completely tank your team. I feel like you wait till the draft. You see where these guys land. Okay, you can maybe get a bag for the one hundred two. Then at that point, free agency has is kind of gone by. Maybe Hopkins finds a, a good team. Maybe he goes to Kansas City. Kamara gets acquitted on all charges. Probably still not going to get more than two or three seconds for him. Three seconds if he's totally unsuspended. My main point here is you got to wait to see how this stuff plays out. It could hurt in the long term, but if you go in in the short term and say, okay, I'm going to sell all these veterans right now, you're just going to get burned already. You're just going to burn yourself. So you just got to play the lottery ticket that it's going to play out in the best scenario for these guys and then sell them. All right, let's take a look at Driscoll's bench and then get everyone on their merry way. Again, we wanted to wish... Driscoll, a very happy birthday. They only come once a year, so you got to celebrate. Max, I want you to tell me who is his best player on his bench. I think it has to be Miles Sanders. His best player on his bench is Miles Sanders. Other than that, man, I really think it's probably Michael Thomas, and that says a lot. Um, There's not many names that are noteworthy on this bench here. A lot of people can be cut. I get Geno Smith had a historic season. You don't need three quarterbacks in a one-quarterback league. I don't care if you get a third-round pick in 2025 for Geno Smith. You sell him for that. Just me, personally. Something I think Driscoll should do, like, tomorrow, and I'm not saying this because I want want the guy. I'm saying this in all earnesty. Very hard. Very, very, very hard to get running backs in this league. Right? And we look at a guy like Miles Sanders on his bench. We know that Miles Sanders is probably not going to get re-signed by the Eagles. They're going to have to pay Jalen Hurts, and they don't want to lock up Miles Sanders for an extended period of time, which is probably going to be what he wants, right? Sanders is going to be a free agent. He's going to have to navigate this free agent 
trek with all these rookies and all these other better running backs that are going to get them more preferential places, right? I don't think Sanders is going to have a good year next year. That's just me personally. I think Sanders' career is going to just take a downward turn. I think he's a good player. I just think it's based on the situation of when he became a free agent that is going to cause this problem for his career moving forward. I would sell Sanders. The more I think about it, the more that I'm hearing like the rumblings around Philly, I don't think they're going to bring him back just because he's going to want to get paid, not an exorbitant amount, but he's a running back. So he's going to want to get like three years and, you know, X amount of money a year. They have Jalen Hurts to worry about paying, which they're going to pay this off season. They have that whole defense that they have to pay. There's, there's a lot of players and the running back is completely interchangeable in that offense. All they have to do is draft one. They draft one of like the eight that are in this class and they save not only, what is it? Yeah. Not only four years, three, four years, they save a lot of money as well. Uh, and they basically restart that clock and don't have to hold on to a contract. It's nothing, nothing against Sanders. I don't think he'll find a better situation than the Eagles and behind a better line. So I think what you need to do is sell Sanders immediately before free agency starts before what is it? The 13th or 15th before free agency starts, you have to sell Sanders, sell him for an early second. At that point, you'd have two early second seconds in 2023. You can package that for a 2024 first round pick, a late 2024 first round pick, which would help you rebuild. I don't think you could. If you did, if you had like 204 and 202 in this draft class, you don't think you could sell it for, like something that's projected to be 11 or 12 next year? I don't think I could sell 201 and 202 for 112 next year. I really don't. I think you could easily. Jace has like two projected late first. He's not selling 24 first for two seconds this year. That's my, my question was going to be what's Sanders worth? Like, He's worth an early second. Yeah. That's what his open market value is. That's not what I would pay because I know the truth. What I would pay for Sanders is probably like 204. Four. I'd probably pay 204. I think if you could sell two seconds for a first next year, even if I could sell 201 and 202 for a first, sign me up. I mean, any first. I don't care when it is. It could be 25. It could be, I wouldn't sell for 26, obviously. But if you have a 25 first, I'd sell 201 and 202 for it right now. Okay. So that's going to wrap us up for our team breakdown. We wanted to wish Driscoll another happy birthday. We want to thank all of you for making it to the end. Thanks again. Another week down. Episode number 80, excited about that one. Eight zero. we'll have the whole gang back together for some combine breakdowns. It's all happening, guys. You know, we're on that one linear path week by week, day by day to the draft. And once that draft hits, oh boy, we're at the top of the roller coaster. We're all the way down. I can smell football. It's only been gone a couple of weeks, but I can already smell it. <laughs> um, again, want to thank everyone for making it to the end. Use our code MONARCHY, M-O-N-A. R-C-H-Y at underdog for $100 to pause a match in bonus cash monarchy M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y Peace out everyone Peace Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter Until next time Farewell my fellow kings and queens